Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome in to episode, I think this is episode 15 of Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III, powered by kslsports.com. Trevor Allen here with you, and we inch ever so closer to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, between the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Utah Utes. By the way, this is episode 16. Um, not 15. That was last week, but, uh, anywho, Clark Phillips, uh, recently no longer a teenager, um, coming off, off of a birthday and Pac-12 champion, all Pac-12 selection. CP, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I appreciate that. And thank you to everyone for the birthday wishes, man. I got the best fan base ever. Got a lot of love and a lot of DMs and texts and stuff. And I really appreciate them all. Have you gotten back to everybody? Um, not yet. I'm still working on that as we speak, man. I'm sitting here on my phone. You can see me on my phone texting people. How many uh, how many text messages, how many DMs, how many how many birthday shout outs did you get on Sunday? Man, I don't I don't even know. I, I couldn't really count. I just know my phone was buzzing. You know, my phone's always on do not disturb. So that kind of helped. Kinda yeah, I know. <laughs> you're like yeah that's why you don't ever respond to me even though but i always I, hit the the uh, notify anyway because it always says i know because i'm like i'm like how how notify I... anyway and i hit notify anyway you're like boom it makes you feel so good i bet i'm like dang how did i still get that message from Trevor? Because, because of what it does it ends up like zooming into the message and it, like shakes it and stuff so i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> feeling i'm getting it now yeah he felt that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah man nah, so I, i'm still responding to people man but it's uh i really just appreciate all the love because uh Man, another year, another year down. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. So what'd you do? Tell everybody what, what you did when 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 you turned the big two oh. So first, man, I you know got up. Um, I got my hair cut like seven in the morning. Called my uh, my barber. He's the best dude ever because he got up on a Sunday morning. Man, I was like, all right, I got you. Drove up to the shop. He cut me up. Then I uh, called my parents, of course, and they called me. Went to church with a friend. We also went to uh to brunch right after. And then um, we ended up coming back home and I turned on some movies and stuff. And then afterwards, we went to Wingstop, grabbed a bunch of wings and stuff. And I stuffed my face until I fell asleep. And shoot, I woke up on Monday morning ready to go to practice. Ready to go to practice with a very full belly of wings. (laughs) That's right, man. I'm sure you guys probably, it probably wasn't boding well for you when you were having to do conditioning, right? (laughs) No, it was great, man, because I got to sweat some of the good old wings off. All the spices and stuff. I could smell the spices. (laughs) Barbecue. Right out of your head. (laughs) <laughs> now nah, it was definitely fun man it was a good experience nothing crazy um normal sunday i think this is probably the second or third time my birthday's falling on a sunday um so now nah, it was it was awesome though so i got a uh, text message 
um, from your dad because he he was thanking all of us for the uh, you know the the efforts on that that toy drive, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. The fact that on that on that day, kind of you know around that uh, two years, so that came two years exactly after you flipped from committing to the Buckeyes to the Utes, and then you also had a a, a pick six on your birthday last season as a freshman in the regular season finale to seal the win in that, in that, uh, in that comeback win over Washington state, just, uh, it seems like a pretty good day mm-hmm. for, for things to happen. Right. Man, most definitely. I think, um, yeah, I can't, I can't escape the facts. That's definitely the truth. These last couple of years, my birthdays have been full with success, you know, different big events that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. You know, I feel like I've had great birthdays before coming to Utah, but even more so signing from me signing on to Utah, signing to Utah coming on my birthday to coming up here has been the best ever, man. Um, so you and TJ and Bam put on that uh, toy drive. You and I plugged it last week. You you did interviews on TV and radio and and all sorts of things, but it ended up happening. Um, how was the turnout? Uh, did you guys get a, a good amount of toys that? Do you, do you feel like you guys got a lot accomplished by giving back to the community? Most definitely. It was a great turnout. Um, I'm just so glad that, you know, we have the fan base that we do that donated and was able to kind of give back uh, with us, you know, without them and without, you know, Kate and all other people that, you know, played a part in putting it all together. Um, you included, man, you know, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate everyone from, you know, uh, U.S. crowd time with them. Um, Hot works, all those people that, you know, played a part in, you know, collecting the gifts from people and just uh, orchestrating this whole thing. It's, it was really beautiful. It was good to see all of those toys that people donated and stuff. And I know the Boys and Girls Club is very appreciative and all those kids, you know, are not going to go without gifts this year. It's just an a awesome feeling, right? Just to, yeah. to feel like you guys did your guys' part, at least for this community. Most definitely. And, you know, people talk about doing things, uh, you know, for their community and all these different things and for, you know, for the for a better good and for a better purpose. And I feel like this is one of those things that kind of ties right into that. I'm grateful I was able to be a part of it. Tyler Huntley. How about that? He went toe to toe with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I know that you didn't get to play with Tyler, but I, I know that you have interacted with him because his his last year was just before you came to Utah. I know that you're following him closely. Just thoughts on how he uh, he played against Green Bay. So I ended up watching some of that game. I think that dude is just a gamer. And we were talking about it in the locker room. It was like a, the conversation of the day. Everyone was like, man, that dude's about to get signed somewhere else or, you know, someone's going to pick him up and, you know, he's going to be a starter somewhere. And everyone's like debating, like everyone's, some guys are like, he can probably take Lamar Jackson's job. And some people are like, no, he can't do that. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know, that dude's a baller, you know, and I definitely think he's, you know, proven, you know, his capabilities at that level. And I'm grateful, you know, that he's a youth. As far as, you know, him being, you know, playing well right now, I mean, he ended up playing really well. And I, I know that on Get Up on ESPN with uh, Mike Greenberg, he said that he doesn't think that there's 32 other quarterbacks that are better than Tyler Huntley right now. Which means Tyler Huntley is going to be a, a free agent coming up. As a Denver Broncos fan, I'm begging John Elway to go get him. And to be the quarterback, <laughs> forget about two glove Teddy or whatever his name is now. Yeah, <laughs> um, T- Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, both those guys suck. And I'm going to say that as a Broncos fan, I can say that I don't, I don't cover the league. So I can I can have a little fandom out of here now. Yeah. Put Tyler Huntley on Denver and let him team back up with uh, Garrett Bowles, Tim Patrick, um, guys like that, because I, I really feel like 
Tyler's only only starting to uh, scratch the surface, but which is crazy because he didn't get drafted. He was on the practice squad, and it took a COVID outbreak slash injury um, bug that ended up just hitting the uh, quarterback room last year for him to get his his moment. And now he's really making like he went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The fact where they were a two point conversion away from beating the Packers yeah. with with their their backup quarterback who wasn't drafted. Just you, you, you can't you can't script something up like that. Yeah. Now, I think it just goes to show, you know, what kind of guys that are bred from Utah. I mean, he's a true Utah man. And, and, and it just it's a testament to the team. And uh, also, you know, what Coach Whittingham does and what the quarterback room does in specifics and, you know, what we, you know, what we do over here because guys have character. Another one, Javelin Gidry. I think about the Javelin. He wasn't drafted. Think about all the guys like that, that you hear so many other stories of guys that don't get drafted that don't have the careers that they're having because, you know, just the character. Um the character to show up to, to work every day and not be, you know, the first rounder, the second rounder or the seventh rounder, you know, to say, hey, I'm going to work my butt off until I earn my spot is that takes, you know, a sense of, of, of you know, humble, of, of a really humble spirit and really just takes like that grit, too, as well. And I think both of those guys have it. And I'm proud. I was super proud to watch that game, you know, with Tyler. It's not the first time he's done something like that, you know. And it won't be the last. And I think that dude is is special in his own way. And he's going to definitely make some noise. And I agree with that statement that was said. He's better than somebody of that 32 that start, you know, for every team in the NFL. But um, anyway, all right. So you guys are, are getting ready for the Rose Bowl. By the way, how, how did finals go? Everything good? Yeah, man, I finished out really, really strong. I think I finished out above a 3-0, probably 3-2 or maybe 3-3. Something like that. Of course, the goal is to get in business school. I'll be getting word on that soon, probably within the next couple of days, as soon as it's official. Uh, some professors haven't posted official grades, but I know I did solid on all my finals. I'm excited, man. You know, the goal is to graduate next fall. You know, hopefully we get an opportunity to go to the next level. That would be another plan. But, um, you know, it's all in God's hands, man. And I'm trusting him. Well, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that that's all done. Is it nice to know now that you can just focus on playing football and playing in the Rose Bowl? I tell you, man, it – these this last couple of weeks has been so stressful in terms of just trying to manage everything. And, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't think we'd be playing this this long. And, you know, the fact that we made it to championship first, that was one thing. That was the one that was a monster of its own, you know, trying to prepare that week and then prepare for finals at the same time was like, dang, this is tough. But um, I'm grateful, man. And we made it through, you know, I was able to. Uh, compartmentalized. I was able to stress myself in a little bit. And I feel like because when you only grow in really stressful situations when things aren't just given to you and things aren't just easy. So I feel like I definitely grew last week and continuing to grow academically and uh, on the field too, because of it. When I was in a post route and I'm thinking about the assignment I've got to do in business class, it definitely makes my brain grow. <laughs> well, now, now you can shift all of your focus on the Ohio state Buckeyes. Um, they have a, they have a ton of good, a really good uh, wideouts. Chris Olave is one of those out there. What what stands out on film from the uh, three headed monster as far as the wide receivers go for for the Buckeyes? You know, um, Chris, man, Chris. I say Garrett. I think Jackson Smith. Smith. Uh, those those dudes are all great players. They all have their own unique style. I think it's it's so much fun watching their film. 
just from like even from so I watched the film as a spectator, as a fan, then as a critic, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what can what can I pull from their film in terms of tendency, um, in terms of what I would like to do against them, uh, put myself in different coverages, different techniques, like what will work, what won't work. And so I think, um, you know, first and foremost, those dudes are great players. Um, they all have different styles. I feel like uh, Chris is probably the fastest one in terms of just like uh, I'm going to try to run right by you. Garrett's the most uh, savvy, probably the better route runner of all of them. Yet they all have great routes. They all run really good at routes and stuff. Jackson's probably one of the smoother ones. He's probably the smoothest. Uh, he runs really smooth routes. He makes guys miss in space. Garrett can do the same. Chris can all do that. But they all have phenomenal hands, you know, and they're all really, really smart in terms of situation. And so, nah, man, we're going to definitely have our hands full. I'm excited for it. Um, I think this is this is the games that you live for if you're a great DB. And if you ever aspire to be a great, you know, defensive defensive player, you look for these type of matchups. Something that I want to ask you, and and we're not going to get in, into details because then you and I are both going to get in trouble, but it's not a secret that you guys are banged up at, at, at corner. I mean, just seeing everybody getting hurt, you're down to, you know, it was down to Samaya Vaughn. We don't know of what his status will be. He did tweet he had surgery, but again, Kyle Whittingham doesn't talk about injuries and things like that but he did say that they are looking at potentially changing some some guys as far as spots on the field position wise he didn't say who and he probably won't but just for this broad question that i'm about to ask you i feel like would be kind of a really good insight on on what fans kind of see as far as this so you end up playing a very complex position cornerback you, you guard you guard a wide receiver or you know you, you guard someone quick you're usually on an island um, un, unless you go zone but in in Utah's case a lot of it is man to man so it's mano y mano uh, you're on an island and if there is going to be guys changing positions to coming over to corner if you were to give them one piece of of advice to help smooth that move what would you what would you give them you know I'd say uh, play your technique and you know play confident. You know, you play confident, you play your technique, you're going to do great things. And, you know, you're going to give up something, you know, as all corners do. There wouldn't be any touchdowns or any receiving touchdowns or no receivers if no one ever scored. And most of the time those are on those touchdowns happen because there's DBs covering them. So someone's going to give up something. And so I would just tell that person, you know, uh, stay confident um, and then play your technique because, if you do those two things, you're going to be straight, you know, whether you give something up, whether you have a bad play, a good play, you're going to stay even kill. You're going to be confident, um, not too confident, but confident enough to to get the job done and know that you're really good at doing it. And, you know, if you just play your technique, you know, you won't lose because you're playing technically sound. You you always talked about confidence and, you know, moving on to the next play, like like when you when you gave up the one touchdown against Oregon a couple of weeks ago, you moved on to the next play right away. Not every player is like that. Yeah. Um, when when you first started playing DB, because you were you know running back and all that stuff, but then you and your dad have, had a conversation and you you thought a move to corner would would be the best best for you moving forward. When you gave up touchdowns, how was your your confidence or mindset early on as you were getting adjusted to that position? Well, like I, I feel like um, early on, every DB has their own struggles. And I feel like confidence wasn't the wasn't the biggest thing, but at the same time, being a young player at that position can be tough because you're like you don't know what to expect. And coming from where I had played, you know, running back, 
all of my life, my dad, you know, bred me a running back. So he played a little bit of running back in high school. I won't get into that, but he always taught me every, you know, every down, the next down. And so at running back, you get so many opportunities to, to okay, you get a bad run and it's like, okay, next carry, I'm about, I'm a bounce. You can have about 30 carries, 29 of those, those carries, you can be getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage, getting one yard. But if you bust one for 70, you're the, you're the hero. And so I feel like transitioning to playing corner, um, I had to learn, you know, the art of being even kill, the good, the bad, um, because I can go, you know, the whole game, 70 plays where I get no action and maybe one target. And if that target is a touchdown, I still I can't think I'm just the crappiest player alive. But at the same time, I've got to know, hey, you had a good game, but dang, got to be more technical in this area. But at the same time, I'm not just the worst player to ever live, you know, because the fans are going to say, hey, he's crappy. He just gave up a touchdown or, you know, whatever, whatever. But I feel like um, early on, that was something that I struggled with that I had to learn. Like, this is DB. There's receivers. Receivers like to score touchdowns. We have to keep them from doing so. It's going to happen, though. So I'm grateful, man. So to kind of go off of that, I kind of feel like DB is one where – confidence can be swayed so easily because you get a, a a pass breakup you get a pick you get a pick six you're on cloud yeah. nine right you feel like you're you're one of the best corners out there but yeah. then you give up a touchdown maybe yeah. you get mossed while getting it while, while them uh, scoring a touchdown so you kind of go from highs of highs to lows of lows and also trying to stay stay on your toes when you're not getting any action when they're not throwing your way which you've had yeah. a lot this year is confidence the most important trait to being a great cornerback? But like confidence is definitely up there. I can't, I don't know if I can say it's the most important. I feel like if you could pair the confidence with consistency, um, pair it with focus, determination, then I would say yes, because I feel like the the the, the art of being consistent uh, and also even killing confident are some of the things that are most important because you know, like I said, and you've seen it, you've been able to witness it. You know, there's games where there's no targets. But you can't fall asleep because you give up one play and the game's over and now you're the worst player that never played at Utah. And so at the same time, you know, you have to, you know, maintain that focus. Like every play I'm thinking is coming to me where there's some games where I know he's not, they're not going to throw at me. There was, you know, against Arizona, they didn't throw at me. And so I felt like um, in that game, I had to just stay focused because I didn't want to be the one that, or be the guy that gave up something, you know, I'm like, damn, I don't want to fall asleep and now I give up something cheap. And so now nah, it's definitely confidence. It's definitely consistency and a level of focus that you have to have through throughout the game, you know, in order to, you know, to just con- continue to, to win and to dominate. All right. Listen. To uh, dummy this down for our, for our audience, uh, we're, we're going to do something kind of like, okay, say, say that we're going to build a, a, a career guy on Madden, all right? And we're, we're building that, uh, that, that great corner that we're going to use out, out in the yard. But you're only allowed three traits. And, and it can be anything trait-wise. Like, it doesn't have to be something that is actually listed on Madden. But yeah. for, for this corner to be great, I'm giving you three traits. What are they? I'd say killer instinct, number one. Uh, in other words, uh, kids cover your ears. Coaches would say the FU trait, the the short, you know, pit bull trait that's like basically like Steve Smith, I feel like is a good analogy since he played at Utah. Yeah. The like, hey, I want to beat you every rep. And so I feel like that's number one. You got to have killer instinct. Number two, I feel like you got to have speed. You got to have some speed. And then you got to have some, you got to be smart, you know, um, to play the position because otherwise, you know, you're probably not going to thrive. 
And so I feel like, yeah, Killer Instinct, of course, confidence would be up in there in the Killer Instinct somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but it's somewhere in Killer Instinct. And then what did I say? Smarts and speed. That's that seems like pretty good traits. What what is Coach Shaw saying to you guys as you guys are prepping for potentially the best whiteout group in the entire country? Um, he's just telling us to stay hungry, stay focused, and you know, he knows what we're about to go up against. He, you know, and I can tell because he he's he's always urgent every single week, whether we're playing against, you know, uh Joe Smo from around the block or, you know, or Alabama. He's 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 been the same way and he doesn't change. And that's what I feel like I can pride myself in the D B room and on Coach Shaw, the fact that he doesn't change. Every week he's the same. He's, you know, ultimate. He would say, he said, I'm he always says, I'm an ultimate a-hole to everyone. Equal opportunity a-hole. That's what he calls it. So anyone can get it. And so he he's consistent in that theme because he doesn't ever change. He's the same guy screaming, yelling. You know, I can get a pick six. Hey, you need to inch better. Hey, get a hand on at the line of scrimmage. And so that's why I love him because he does not change. I can have the best player ever. And he's like, I didn't like the way you turned your head. I, I'd rather you look inside. And I'm like, all right, yes, sir. Got it. And so that's why he's a great coach. And, you know, that's why he's preparing us, you know, in the way that he feels is necessary for us to go up against these guys. But at the same time, we fear no man. You know, we know that these guys are good. And that's something that uh, Coach Whittingham said, you know, to the team. He was like, respect all, but fear none. That's what he said today before practice and really stuck with me because I feel like at the end of the day, you know, they put their pants on one time, one one foot at a time, just like us, you know, shoes as well. And so I feel like – I'm grateful for the perspective of the coaches uh, and then for the, you know, perspective and commentary of coach Shaw, because he's right. You know, they can get it too. It's been widely known that you, you were verbally committed to play in Columbus and then flip to Utah. Do you feel like you have something to prove in this game in, in Pasadena against the team that, that you were supposed to play with and now you're playing against them? Personally, I'm uh, I'm excited but at the same time, as we talked about it earlier, you know, I'm I'm treating this game like it's any other. It's a huge game, just like the championship was a couple of weeks ago. But um, I'm definitely excited for the challenge. I know they've got some great players, just like we do. And I'm excited to go out there, man, and, and to put on for the team I was once committed to. How many tickets are you trying to to get for this game since it's pretty close to home and you've got you've got some family who probably want to come see you and the granddaddy of them all? Man, I got a lot of I got a lot of people asking for tickets. I'm trying to work on getting a lot of people tickets, a lot of family. Um, but um, I know for a fact, as long as my dad, my brother, my sister, my mama is there, my grandparents included are there, I'm good. I'm auntie, but I want everybody up there. But it's tough, you know, because uh, this is the biggest game that we've been a part of, and you want everybody to be there. But it's just tough getting tickets to such a big game because we know it's going to be sold out, you know. Yeah, and Mark Harlan said on the radio about a week ago that he expects right now 60,000 Ute fans to be in the Rose Bowl. It, that, would, that would be like Vegas 2.0. Well, although Vegas, I mean, it wasn't 60,000 Ute fans, but it was 80, 80% Utes, I would say, probably in that crowd. And I agree, Oregon. man. I agree. When I ran out the tunnel, I thought it was a home game. So, so, so to hear that, that potentially 60,000 Ute fans would be in that, in that stadium, uh, for this game how, how, how does that make you feel right now sitting 12 days out it makes me feel good and I definitely think it's possible and the sky is the limit you know I heard that we were the you know voted like I think the best student section and mm-hmm. along with our fan base you know we've been incredible this year and I feel like uh 
And it goes another tribute to the fans. You know, the fans have been awesome, phenomenal, and just showing up and showing up with, with great intentions, loud, hungry, and you can hear it. You, it definitely plays a part in the game, you know, because in between downs, you know, so third downs, it gets roaring, it's loud, and I know it's it's crappy to be a quarterback on the other team when you can't even hear yourself talking, you know, or trying to give out the cadence. And so, nah, it's definitely something that I'm grateful for, man. We got the best fans ever. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll do Wows of the Weekend and the Waylist Holiday Edition. And then uh, we'll also get our, our picks done for bowl games and for the NFL coming up here in just a minute here on Faith Family Football. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back in to Faith Family Football. Powered by kslsports.com. Trevor Allen here alongside Clark Phillips. You guys can follow him on Twitter at ClarkPhillips21. You guys can give him a, a belated birthday shout out, if you will, even though he has like 600 text messages to get back to. And you guys can also hit him up on Instagram at ClarkPhillips the third. Um, the music's normally provided by Bryce Phillips. As we get into the holiday season, we're gonna do uh the waylist, which is who are you? You guys get to know Clark and I a little bit better. I mean, you guys know Clark as a standout corner all around good dude but let's uh let's find out a little bit more about him underneath the helmet but uh and then also wows of the weekend we're gonna start with wows of the weekend i'll go first just because i gave clark a heads up that one's a jab and one's kind of not towards him i always kind of trying to poke at him a little bit it's not it, you know it's it's all in good fun uh, i've i've always told people i can't i kind of got it from my dad if i'm not giving you crap i don't like you yeah so if I'm giving you crap a lot, that means I, I really think highly of you. But if I'm not giving you crap, that means I don't I don't really care. Not not really like the person you are. It's just more. It's just. Yeah, you're just another person. So I uh, so if, if I ever poke fun at Clark, it's all in good fun. Um, my I've got two wows of the weekend. One, the uh, team down south losing to UAB. I thought that was uh, a, a little crazy. Um, some might say. BYU might have not been interested to play in 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 the uh, Independence Bowl because they wanted to get into a New Year's Six. Didn't happen. They lost to UAB. Um, but what kind of wowed me was right after the game, Utah football Twitter. We don't know who who sent out the tweet, but just sent out Go Utes with the 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 like hand, hands up emoji and a rose emoji right after BYU loses to UAB. That's all that was sent. I thought that was amazing. Man, um, I think that that's a crazy wow, too. Someone's being a little bit feisty out there, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? Twitter, you got to be feisty in order to, in order to <laughs> survive, right? You got you, you got to have thick skin, and you got to be able to be a little feisty, right? That's right. Um, and then my other wow is the Utah State Aggies. B- 
beating the uh, team that uh, beat the only Pac-12 team to beat you guys um, in uh, o- Oregon State. And they did it with their third string quarterback, Cooper Lega, a kid from Orem High School. His first pass attempt in college was a 60 plus yard touchdown to Devin Tompkins. Crazy, man. But again, it was to the team that beat you guys, the only Pac-12 team that beat you guys. That's crazy. And uh, I saw I saw part of that game. Me and my dad were texting back and forth while it was going on. I just couldn't believe my eyes. I thought Pac-12 would, you know, represent stronger for us. But, hey, man, it happens. I think that uh, Utah Aggie, Utah State, they're, they're definitely a really good team, high-caliber team, very well coached. Um, and now uh, they've done some good things this year too. Well, and I know that uh, Jamie's really happy because she's an Aggie, an Aggie alum. I've, uh, I've spent many weekends in Logan while uh, she was, she was going to college, but that was back before they were good in football. They were really good in basketball back when uh, she was going to college, but they were terrible in football. Like we're talking like Ofer seasons. Oh, they were bad. Um, it, it was actually, so her, her second year up at Utah state was Gary Anderson's first year at the first stint. Got it. For the Aggies. When, when he started to turn things around, when they were getting out of the whack and, and into the mountain West conference. So your wow of the weekend is. My wild man was so I went to uh I was able my my Kate actually she ended up getting me for those that don't know Kate she uh helps represent uh, me for NIL purposes um her along with the whole marketing team and uh you know for my birthday so we actually ended up going to dinner the night before my birthday uh me Bam and TJ and a couple other people we all went to dinner she ended up getting me the, this super nice canvas. A portrait of me with the rose in my mouth and of course that's probably the best uh my favorite picture right now my camera roll out of all of them um because it's so fresh and because it's a big accomplishment and it's huge i don't know if you can see it but it's in the back though right yeah, now. i do see it I, I was actually going to point it out earlier but i forgot that this is an audio podcast not a video yeah. one <laughs> yeah and so uh no nah, man it's super it's super nice and i'm grateful for it and i'm grateful for kate and the, the entire team and you know, I really love that picture, and I can't wait to put it up in my new spot. Uh, let, let's see. You, I, I think you tweeted it out, or maybe somebody else did. I can't. Yeah, remember. I tweeted that out. You know, so it was fresh off the of victory. I posted it. That's right. right. You did, because I do remember seeing that. And I'm just going up and down. I'm actually Twitter stalking you right now. Hope. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it was. It was two days after two days after the championship, and you just said mood, and it was you biting on a rose, like still pissed off, even though you just won a championship, which. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. You know me. I was fresh off. I was fresh off the game, man. I was still thinking about beating up some receivers. Yeah, no kidding. And now you're uh, looking at beating up some NFL receivers. Okay, now the way list. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do a little holiday tradition. Um, one. So just some three holiday traditions. Um, it doesn't have to be Christmas. It can be whatever whatever you believe in. It could be other holidays. Just holiday traditions, your, your your three favorite holiday traditions. So we'll, we'll, we will start with you, Clark. So my favorite uh, by far is the fact that, you know, every Christmas, Christmas morning, uh, my dad or my mom, I don't know who does it. Sometimes, yeah, it's usually my dad or my mom, but they always go and get donuts. So we eat donuts before we open gifts. There you go. Yeah, it's like something that we, we always get like a, a dozen donuts and we it has to be from the same spot. We always go to the same spot. Uh, it's right by the house or whatever. And so that's like the early morning donut run, bring it back. And by the time all the kids wake up, you know, we're uh, we're in there and the donuts are always at the table already. And so these last couple of Christmases have been inter- interesting because I've been up and I've been seeing my dad go and get the donuts. Usually they just magically appear 
in the in the dining room, you know. But now I'm like, wow, I'm seeing you, Dad. You're actually going to get the donuts. They didn't just magically appear. Santa didn't bring them. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Santa didn't. You know, you, you, <laughs> Santa you, didn't you bring guys giving them cookies and milk, and Santa's giving yeah, donuts Santa back. didn't bring these donuts, Dad. It was you. I saw you. <laughs> and so, nah, man. And so that's that's number one because I love me some donuts, man. And if you know me, I go. I, I yeah, brought us yeah. some donuts one time, but mm-hmm. uh, now nah, last we, week. I, yeah, man. So I love donuts. And so that's something that um I think probably that the Christmas experience probably helped me gain my love for donuts. So that's number one. Number two, man, for me would probably just be just opening gifts and seeing my my little brother. He used to be my little brother, his excitement when we were little. And now it's my little sister, man. I love to see her. She's 10. I love to see her just get excited at the gifts and and some of the the weak gifts maybe the probably the ones I give her she's like what is this I'm not a baby anymore so I love to see all of the emotions you know on Christmas Day and I just love seeing my family happy and smiling and just being in their company because you know how long the year is and how long we're in football and I'm not really home a lot and you know you go home for small periods of time so Christmas is one of those times that even though we'll only be there a couple of days before we go off and start preparing for the Rose Bowl I think it'll be a lot of fun and we'll feel a lot longer. Um, number three is be so usually during uh Christmas time we go um to Vegas right after Christmas Day and we'll go open up more gifts. Yeah. So my my uh my uncle, my mom's brother, actually has a house in Vegas. So oh. we always have a second Christmas pretty much the next morning or the next day at his house. And so we'll go out there, we'll stay out there a couple of days, and then we'll open up their gifts. So it was it was like we kind of got double whammied with gifts as kids, me and my little brother. He'd always have some nice shoes, some more clothes, all this stuff. And, you know, maybe a remote control car when we were really little. So, um, yeah, man, those are my traditions. thing that uh, Bryce is, is probably going to notice now, um, growing up, you're getting, like, toys, really cool stuff for, for Christmas. Yeah. And then once you start getting into college, you start getting older, you're getting stuff like socks and stuff, yeah. that, and, and like stuff that you need for college. Yeah. Um, I obviously don't know that because, you know, for those of you who don't know, I didn't go to college. I went the uh, intern route to kind of get to where I am now. And I, I didn't go to college, uh, came straight out of high school and worked, worked my way up, up the, up the ladder. But, uh, you know, you still get the, you know, socks, underwear, yeah. you know, <laughs> I remember the first Christmas shirt. I, I never forget the first Christmas when I felt like my gifts, you know, went down the drain, my toys and stuff. <laughs> uh if you would uh, man it was probably like around 15 or 16 i I think i was 16 man really i thought i was still yeah i thought i was still like around the age of like okay we're getting toys and fun stuff you're getting like an xbox like games and stuff yeah but i already had had the xbox i think my parents got me the xbox the christmas before and so it was like the big gifts it was like we were done getting that stuff and so this christmas me and my brother we got all like shirts you know socks underwear i'm like wow i got enough underwear you know and and it was just like more underwear, more PJs, more, you know, it was like shampoos, it was colognes, and it was stuff like that, that I was appreciative, but I wasn't really quite there yet, you know, mentally, I was like, I'm still like on this, like, I need an electric scooter, I need a, you know, I still, I'm still, you know, running a hoverboard, streets. I want a hoverboard, I want, you know, I want this, I want, um, so I guess that was my parents' way of saying, all right, it's time to grow up now, we're gonna get you, and I had polos and stuff like that, I'm like, dang, nice sweaters, I'm like, and every single time I looked at the big boxes, the big looking gifts, I'm like, oh, that's the one. Yep, that's the hoverboard. That's the that's the uh, that's the Xbox three three sixty or whatever was out at that time. I'm like, okay, that's the big one. And so you know, kept on getting duds. And my and my me and my brothers words were like, dang man, what's going on? And so I'm grateful, man, because uh, now I'm like, it's it's great to get that under the underwears. And I'm like so grateful. Like last Christmas and the Christmas before, I'm like. 
dang, I needed some more shirts. I needed some more. And now like the perspective is completely different because I don't need a remote control car. I don't have the time to play with that anymore. Or even like the Xbox got that, or I don't even use it. It's collecting dust. You know, I play it, you know, only when we play really. And before that, I didn't really play it at all. Really. It's just used to literally watch TV when I have some time. Yeah. I, uh, that actually started with me as far as getting the, you know, grown up stuff for, for Christmas. I was, I think I was more like 17, 18. Like I was, I was, you know, approaching graduating from, from Cypress high school here in, in Utah. And, um, yeah, it, it, it kind of was a, it's kind of a downer day for me. I'm just like, you know, yeah, like it, it's kind of like one of those things that it's probably the way you're going to feel when you're, when your football playing career is done, where you're like, man, I had a good run. Yeah. Uh, kind of just like, and now, <laughs> like, and now, it's over now no more toys, huh? It's, it's going to be, it's going to be things I need. And it's like, you know, in that case, just get me a gift card so I can go get my, go get my game I want. Or I'll go buy the toys I want. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, okay. Three, three traditions for me. Uh, number one, uh, family always gets together, even with, uh, you know, brothers and their, their, their kids. I've, I've got two, I've got two brothers. Um, I'm a twin, by the way. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, um, he looks just like you. No, he doesn't. I'm, I'm much more handsome. <laughs> um, and he, he isn't going to listen to this. Otherwise I'd probably watch what I say, but now actually my older brother and I look more alike than me and my twin. Got it. Um, so he, he's, uh, my, my twin is 37 minutes older than me, but, uh, he ha- he, ha- he has two girls. So does my older brother both, both have two daughters. So I have four nieces. Um, we all end up getting together at, at my mom and dad's house and, you know, have dinner and, you know, exchange gifts and stuff. And it's just a good time with family. And another one is, um, really uh you know just kind of seeing parker the way that he's you know really starting to embrace all this like the fact that i can use santa to my advantage now to make him behave has been it's (laughs) been glorious yeah the fact that i'm like look dude you got you got to turn your act around or i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna call santa i've got him on speed dial you know and the fact (laughs) that he use the word speed dial anymore is kind of crazy um and then uh, Jamie makes breakfast every mor- every Christmas morning. And it's usually this like, it, it, it's actually called like monkey bread or something like that. But it's like really, it, it's basically like cinnamon bread. That's like really good. Um, or she'll, she'll make quiche. It's kind of a, Ooh. kind of one or the other, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. load it up, baby, let's go. <laughs> um, and then, you know, just, just watching basketball, watching NBA basketball on on a christmas day has always been fun for me i always enjoy watching it so that's those are the main holiday traditions for me but uh yeah you know as far as the uh you're you're gonna learn this one when you get older and you know have a family and stuff clark uh use santa to your advantage man that's what i'm gonna do for sure that man is on that man is on your side and whenever you start getting closer to the holidays you can use him to get your kid to change their act and they're not gonna give you nothing huh you keep this up (laughs) exactly it's amazing amazing stuff all right we're gonna go ahead and take a break when we come back we'll do our college and nfl picks here on faith family football back here on faith family football wrapping it up with clark phillips the third uh stay tuned to when we're gonna tape next week uh because clark's gonna be in california um for i guess you guys are playing in some big game from what i heard I, I don't know. I've, I've sources have told me this. Yeah. That, that uh, Utah football is playing Ohio state. Yeah. In the a, Ohio state as they call it in a, in a game named after a flower. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> now, um, you, you, and by the way, you guys will, will get full coverage of the Rose Bowl. I will be heading down along with a bunch of other people from KSL Sports as we will have you covered wall-to-wall uh, of the Rose Bowl. And we'll also talk about it more here next week whenever Clark gets a minute uh, from going to, like, Disneyland. You guys have got, like, a beef bowl that you guys are doing, like some sort of eating contest. Was uh, talk, talking to Nick Ford during practice on Monday and was asked if, if he was going to be in that in that contest, he said no because he doesn't want to gain the pounds, even though he knew he was confident in, in in his abilities to get the job done. But he he wants to stay right for the game, so he will not be part. He, he will not be playing. Is that going to be like a walk on thing where you guys are going to have like the walk ons who don't play? You know what? I'm not sure because I was at dinner the other. I was at the I was at dinner the other night with uh, Bam, and I was asking him. He was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do it." I was like, "Bro, we would win if you did it. Like, we would win. Like, no questions but asked." You guys are also you know, focused on such a big game. Yeah, I want to win in everything. Though. That's what I told Bam. I said, Bam, I want to win in everything. I was like, go beat their linemen in eating. Go beat them in that, and then we'll be we'll worry about football a couple days later. We'll let that food digest. We'll get you on some. That, that's gonna be a lot of food, dude. I know, but you guys eat a lot of food, pounds. football players. What do you talk about linemen, though, man? A couple pounds. I've always been confused at like you know how much a couple pounds really messes you up. Like, I mean, what's the difference between three thirty and three thirty-five? Like, it's all big. True, and. How much slower are you really going to get your alignment? I mean, depending on what you eat, I mean, you're still going to be like sluggish at times. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I was just, I, I was having coming from a fat guy who, I mean, I'm, I'm not 335 pounds, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not in playing shape. Let's just put it that way. Well, Bam um, is six, seven. I don't know his, his exact weight and I won't put it out there if I did, but he just was like, well, yeah, it's actually listed online. Well, I, yeah, it probably is. I just don't even know. But I just know he's probably quadruple my size. And I'm like, a couple of slabs of steak, maybe 50 ounces, is not going to kill you. And you, it's probably You look not like something you. Bam would eat. <laughs> as far as you're like, Let size. me get that. Let me get that 150-ounce steak, you know, 150-pound steak. Not literally. <laughs> Man, that ended up going down fast. Probably a cornerback, huh? Uh, <laughs> he's small, yeah. All right. So, yeah, anyway, full. Full, full coverage of the, the Rose Bowl on the uh, KSL Sports app, kslsports.com, and right here on Faith Family Football. Um, all right, picks. Uh, we have a week down of bowl games. Um, you went four and five. Wow. So good. You got the Bahamas Bowl wrong. You got the Roof Claim Boca Raton Bowl wrong. You got the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Jackson State lost. To South Carolina really? State, yeah. I didn't expect that. I, they, I didn't they got they got that. dominated too. They did. Um, you and I both got Fresno State right. We both got BYU wrong. Um, you guessed Liberty in the Lending Tree Bowl, which they won. I got I got the I I, I guessed uh, Eastern Michigan got that one wrong. You and I both got Utah State beating Oregon State, and yeah, then you had Marshall wrong in the RNL New Orleans or RNL Carrier Carriers New Orleans Bowl. I had the Raging Cajun. I, the only ones I got wrong, I went seven and two, was BYU and Eastern Michigan. So as our records stand right now, you are 28 and 36. I am 34 and 30. We have another slate of games. Um, we will start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, it it, it is, is taking place right now, but we haven't looked at the uh, score. So Clark, uh, Tulsa or Old Dominion, who are you going with? Um, Tulsa. I have to go with Tulsa. I'm going with Old Dominion just because that's kind of a cool name. Like, that's just, it's just what it is, <laughs> you know? like Old Dominion. I, I think there's like a country group named after named Old Dominion. 
I don't know. Anywho. Really? Yeah. So you're going to go Tulsa. I'm going to go Old Dominion. All right. Now, on to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Taking, Ooh, taking cool. place at the uh, Smurf Turf. Kent State against Wyoming. Oh, let me see. Kent State. I got to go Wyoming. I got to go Wyoming. You're going with Wyoming, a team that you guys were supposed to play in 2020? <laughs> yep. Um, oh, Wyoming's kind of iffy for me. I'm going with Kent State. Just because Julian Edelman played for them, I think. Right? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Um, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl between University of Texas San Antonio or the team that uh, beat you guys, San Diego State. Um, you're not even you're not even pointing out the jabs anymore, man. You're not making this fun. Yeah, I heard you. I just I, I lately I've been I've been trying to you know work on dish it back man i've been i've been using my poker face i just acted like i did like it didn't even affect me and you're just like dang it affects you more you know san diego state i gotta go with them even though they got us you know i feel like they're i feel like they're a really good team they they, they also got you guys really in the in the year so it's not really yeah good. all right i'm gonna go with utsa they've actually had a really good year i think they only lost one game dang but, uh but San Diego State's coming off of a butt whooping in the Mountain West Championship game to Utah State. Really? Um, all right, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. It's taking place on Wednesday, the 22nd. Missouri against Army. SEC or Army? Missouri. Missouri? Missouri. Yeah. You're going to go with them too, right? Ar- Army lost to Navy, which Navy wasn't good coming into that game. But, yeah. again, it's Army-Navy game. You, you got to throw that out the window. Uh, Missouri – you know what? For the sake of this, I'm going with the Army. My dad and brother both served in the Army. I'm going with Army. All right. The Frisco Football Classic between North Texas and Miami of Ohio. Not Miami, Florida. Miami of Ohio. Oh. Mm-hmm. You want me to go first? I'm trying to think of how much I know these teams. You I like know, my, do I. I really don't. I'm trying to. I'm Just trying to go back to, to a memory that I don't have. <laughs> Let's go Miami. I got to go Miami. All right. I'm going with North Texas. I already had that jotted down before you uh, answered. So I had a feeling. But, hey, I'm, I'm giving you every opportunity to get back into this thing. Just so you know. All right. Here's one that could be sneaky good. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl taking place mm-hmm. on Thursday between UCF and Florida. So Central Florida against the Gators. I got to go with uh, UCF. All right. Uh, you're going to go with them having a – or going with Florida having a, a chip on, on their shoulder going into the 2022 season opener against you guys? Yeah. I think they're going to have momentum going into that game <laughs> against you guys. So I'm going with Florida. All right, two more. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl between Memphis and Hawaii. Your boy yeah. plays on, on Hawaii, the former t- uh, tackle. Oh, Pita? Yeah, yeah, Pita Tonga. My dog. No, I think uh, Memphis is going to smack them up. I hope Pita's not uh, – that he, he's not tuning into this. <laughs> it's not uh, about Pita. I just got to win my picks now. I got to stop letting these relationships with my friends and, you know, family and stuff <laughs> dictate my picks. I think that's what's getting me, Trev. You know, now I'm, I'm, I'm all business now. I don't really think Hawaii is all that good, so I'm going with Memphis as well. All right, last one. The Tax Act Camellia Bowl 
taking place Saturday between Georgia State and Ball State. Georgia State. Georgia State. Let's see. I'm going to go Ball State just for the heck of it. So then next week we will get into the New Year's Six Bowl. There, there's a lot of bowl games. We're probably going to need a whole segment for this next week. Um, there's a ton of them. So we, we will get into that. Now, now into the NFL, week 16. Uh, the games from last week hasn't gone final yet because some of the games got moved to Monday and Tuesday because of COVID. Um, can't believe we're getting back into that again. I hope it doesn't affect the Rose Bowl, which as of right now, it doesn't. Um, but you never know. All right, here we go. Uh, week 16 of the NFL season, which means there's only two more weeks after that until we head to the playoffs. Um, let's see. Let's go with. Oh, I like this one. The Baltimore Ravens, potentially Tyler Huntley from the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a big AFC North battle. The right, Bengals are home. I got to go with the Ravens. Ravens? Go with the Ravens. Okay. I really feel like that they're going to have a, a huge chip on, on, on their shoulder coming off of that loss to Green Bay. Um, I'm going with the Ravens as well because um, the Bengals smacked the Broncos, which – wasn't really hard to do. They only scored. Denver only scored ten points. So, here's another division battle. This time we go to the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. I got to go with the Bills. I'm going with the Patriots. They oh, that's gonna hurt you. They had a legit defense. By the way, you hear about uh, Urban Meyer getting fired by the Jaguars? I know. Yeah. I know, I know you didn't play for him, but I know that you did talk to him when you were being recruited. Yeah, man, it sucks. Uh, it's crazy. Just how many times uh, during the season and during the year uh, coaches change, you know, and coaching positions change. Uh, and so now I hope him, I wish him the best, man, because I know how uh, fluid coaching situations can be. All right. Another battle, but this one, it, uh, again, I'm, I'm more doing this just for your dad. Um, the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. You know who I'm going uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is if if I choose one team, my co-host is going to hate me. If I choose well, another, again, you're you're right now holding the lead over me. So don't worry about what I think or what your dad thinks. Go with what you think to keep your lead because I'm coming on to you, man. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the lead in both picks. Nah, not happening. I gotta go with the Raiders. I think we both know what's gonna happen now. All right, that'll do it for this show. Everybody, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. Two more. Let's go with uh, – I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Ooh, we're going to go with the toilet bowl game. Uh-oh. All right, we're going to go with Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars at Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. I think you know I can't choose one team here. I got to go with Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't go with Zach Wilson. <laughs> Um, because see, the thing is, Jaguars are two and 12, Jets are three and 11, so that, that was why I kind of threw that in there. Um, I'm gonna go with the Jaguars as well. I know a guy on the uh, Jaguar staff, good dude, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping for him. Um, okay, last one. This one, it's kind of interesting because they're really playing well as late, both of them are, so I'm gonna throw it in here. And it's on, it's on Sunday Night Football on KSL 5 TV. The Washington football team 
At Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Stevie Lamb. I'm going with Washington football team. I, I can't I, I can't pick the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Chiefs. I hate the Chargers and I hate the Raiders. Those are the four teams I hate in the NFL. So all right. So uh what what is the what is the rest of the week hold as you get ready for the holidays? You're going back home, right? Yeah, I'm so excited, man. So we got a couple more practices left. We got some team activities, um, which we don't know what they are quite yet, not all of them. And so um, Thursday, I'll get to go back home, see the family, uh, enjoy Christmas, and shoot, we're off to the bowl game, man. So you're not coming back and then c- catching the charter out. You're just going to meet up with the team in, in a Pasadena? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So what's your plan after the bowl game? Like, do you guys get to go home? Like, what, what, what is kind of the whole plan with that? Like, for That's what it looks like. They, they've given us the opportunity to go home after the bowl game. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I plan on going home first then coming back and getting some other stuff dealt with. But um, I don't know yet. I know I'd want to see the family and want to hang out with the family long as possible, though, especially since my brother's going off to college and stuff. Um, want to see him off. When, did, when does he head to, to Tennessee State? So he'll be headed out um, in three weeks, my dad said. Okay. So, so just as, as they, like, start to get back into school? Yeah, so he'll be he'll be coming right when they're getting into the group of things. So excited for that dude, man. When do you guys start classes back up again? Again, I never went to college, so I don't know what the winter break schedule's like. Like, when do you guys have to start going back to classes? So spring semester should be starting, like, uh, early January, so probably around January 10th, January 11th. So are you guys going to get a break at all before you guys – like, because you guys are playing January 1st. You guys mm-hmm. are one of the last bowl games being played. Um, do you guys get m- much of a time off after the season's over before you guys start doing winter conditioning? Somewhat. Yeah. They give us a couple of days, uh, maybe even a week. Days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, thought uh, they said, you know, when I first got up here, uh, 20, you know, early 2020, January, 2019 ish, you know, December, right after the Alamo bowl, they said they just jumped right into it. It was a couple of days and they were back at it. So I think it'll be somewhat similar uh, slightly different maybe because we'll have less days probably because we're playing so long, but I don't, I don't know. We've never been to the Rose Bowl either. So we don't know what it's going to look like. Well, it'll be interesting. All right. One more show before you put on a show in, in, in a Pasadena CP. Oh man. I appreciate that. Thank you again. Always good to connect with you, whether it be via zoom, whether it be in person, you know, it's always good, man, to catch up on the weekend to catch up on what's uh what's what's to go forth and what's planned ahead and also a, a happy holidays to you and your your family hope you guys have have a great holiday and uh you know do do the things you love with those that you love i appreciate you man and happy holidays to you jamie and parker and the entire family man i appreciate you guys more than you know and i'm thankful for you as a co-host man and you know hope to uh, can't wait to see you see you guys again It'll be fun. And, and also a, a happy holidays to all of you who tune into Faith Family Football. We really do appreciate it. We love doing this show and bringing it to you guys. So until next time, you guys have been listening to Faith Family Football.